if there is a way of getting more done quickly to free up time then to do the things that are important to you, then that's got to be worth investigation. Welcome to Sharp Podcast, where we have one aim, to help you get better at the stuff that you have to do and spend more time doing the stuff that you want to do. Hang on a minute. That, that's two. That's two aims. For goodness sake, can't we even get the intro right? Sorry, we'll try that again. In the meantime, enjoy the episode. Hello, and welcome to episode 66. And yes, we are outside. When I say we, I mean not just you and me. I mean me and my sound engineer, Liam. Say hello, Liam. Hello, Liam. It is a beautiful autumn afternoon. The sun's out, it's a bit cold, the leaves are on the ground, it's fantastic. So, what's this episode about? Well, in this episode, we're going to talk about Alpen. Now, some of you might think, when I say Alpen, you might think about cereal or mountains. But the Alpen that we're talking about is a really simple way of making sure you get stuff done. Yes, Mr Crow agrees. You see, there's lots of systems and tools that can help you organise tasks, and we've covered loads of them before, but Alpen's fantastic because it helps you make sure that you've got a handle on doing the right thing at the right time. And as my friend Nick says, knowing what to do is different to doing what you know. And when it comes to getting things off your to-do list done, the Alpen method helps you do it efficiently and in the shortest time possible. So we're going to look at what Alpen is, where it came from, and most importantly, how you can use it to help you achieve more in less time. Let's go. I've got a question for you. What do Denmark, Germany, Norway, the Netherlands and Sweden all have in common? Yeah, they are in Europe. But on average, according to the OECD, these countries have the lowest number of average working hours in the world. In 2019, Denmark, Norway and Germany all had the lowest averages, which were ranging between 28.7 and 28.9 hours per week for a 48-week year. But what's interesting is that Germany not only has one of the lowest, shortest working weeks but it also has the fourth biggest economy in the world. Compare that to the US. The US has the world's biggest economy. But on average, in the US, people work almost 400 more hours per year than they do in Germany. That's an extra day a week for 52 weeks a year. As I say on NPR, huh. So Germany, short working hours, fourth biggest economy. And Germany is the place where the author of the Alpen system lives. Ah. Okay, a very tenuous connection, but a connection nonetheless. Professor Lothar J. Seivert lives and works in Germany. But I find this intriguing because despite this remarkable combination in Germany of a short working hour week but a great economy, German businesses and leaders still need help from a man like Lothar. And this is because this Alpen system is not just about productivity. 
Now, if you know us well, you'll know that we are not fans of the word productivity here at Sharp. We don't just want to cram as much stuff in a day as we can just for the sake of it or just to do more work. However, if there is a way of getting more done quickly to free up time then to do the things that are important to you, then that's got to be worth investigation. And that's why the Alpen system, to me, is really interesting. So, who is Professor Lothar J. Seiwert? He's an award-winning time management expert. And he's written loads of books like Slow Down to Speed Up, Simplify Your Life and The ABC of Job Satisfaction. And I like Lothar. He seems to have a great approach. He's not just about productivity at the expense of everything else. He recognises the importance of quality of life and simplifying things and balance. Now, unfortunately for me and all of you who are not fluent in German, I couldn't find a tremendous amount from Lothar in the English language. I found a bit. Here it is. After working for two international companies, I was the head coach of a time planning company. And at that time, it was so easy to manage your time. We take another glass and we call this overtime or extra hours. How to manage your time maybe a little bit better and rebalance your life. So I think he's a cool dude. He's got lots in common with what we look at here at Sharp. So let's have a look at this Alpen system. What is it, this system he's created, and how is it different to all the other tools that we've looked at? However you plan what you're doing, I'm sure at some point you've written a to-do list, maybe more than once. Now, I recommend to-do lists. It is better to get things out of your head. But writing things down, well, obviously, that's only the start because you've got to do them, haven't you? If the only thing you do is your to-do list, then that's not really helping. Now, we've covered GTD, Trello, Pomodoro. We've covered loads of different ways that you can engage with the stuff that you've got to do. And they are excellent. They solve problems. But what many of these things don't do is they don't help you then take that to-do list and then build an effective plan of how you are actually going to get them done. You know, like, literally, on Wednesday at half past three, what is the best thing that I should be doing at that point in time? Now, the Alpen system helps you take a real-world approach to clearing your stuff and clearing more faster. It's a way of taking all those tasks that you've worked really hard to collate and store and actually get them done. So let's get into the detail. So the word Alpen is an acronym, and the letters, they stand for five words that I'm sure you probably use every day in normal speech. Aufschreiben, Langeschatzen, Pufferzeit einplanen, Entscheidungen treffen, and Nachkontrolle. What do you say? Okay, for our English-speaking audience, I've got some alternatives that may help you remember. A, 
activities. L. Length. P. Plan buffer. E. Establish priorities. And N. Note success. Now, actually, you can use any words. It doesn't really matter. The framework is built around these five simple ideas. And they are activities. Get all your jobs, all your tasks, all your activities written down in one place. Length. Then work out how long these activities will take. Plan buffer. Plan in your buffer time. 40% apparently. We'll come back to that. Establish priorities. So which of these things are important or urgent? And then note success. So at the end of each day, making a note of your planning successes and your failures. So there we go, that's Alpen. <laughs> Short episode. I'm only joking. Let's get into a little bit more detail. So the A in Alpen, in German it's Aufschreiben. I probably mullered that. Or in my English version, A stands for activities. So, activities, write them down. The first step, get everything written down in one place. Now, I recommend doing this anyway. You've heard me say often, get things out of your head and onto paper or into a system. It doesn't matter where, you can do this electronically, you can write things in a notebook, you can just get a massive piece of paper. But what you need to do is literally write down a list of all the jobs, all the tasks, the routines, everything. Don't try to sort it out, don't categorise it, just write it down. Now, if you've never done this before, trust me, it's amazing the sense of relief that you feel after you've done this. It's all out of your head and it's on paper. So you're going to write down everything from take the rubbish out every Wednesday to plan Uncle Ernie's 50th birthday celebration for the 1st of June. By the way, when you're writing this list, try to break the big things down into smaller tasks. And also, write this big list somewhere that you can keep it so you can add things to it and take things off it. So that's A, activities. Get them all out of your head and written down. L, length, or in German, Langerschatzen, which literally means guess how long. I really do apologise for the fact I'm probably massively mispronouncing the German stuff. Um, I'm sure people will write in and correct me. So, length. And you can do this while you're writing your list or you can do it after. Basically what you do is you take your list and you make a note by the side of each thing, how long will this thing take? Is it going to take three minutes, 25 seconds, four minutes every Tuesday, whatever it is. What you need to do here is be specific, but also don't agonise over it. It is just a guess. So let's say you've got 100 things on your list. If you spend on average four seconds guessing the time for each one, this whole exercise will take you about seven minutes. So why do we do this? Well, if you don't pay attention to time, it just slips away. So if you really want to make time for the good stuff, You've got to be aware of how much time everything else is going to take up. So that's L, length. Make a note of how long each activity or task will take. Just a guess. P. Now the German P in Alpen is... Hufferzeiten <coughs> einplanen. Nailed it. And what this means is, is that you plan your buffer times. So P is plan your buffer times. Okay, so what does this mean? 
Well, the problem with planning a day to within an inch of your life is that in the real world, things mess your plan up. And we've all been there, haven't we? You plan your day carefully, you're going to get loads done, and then before you know it, it's five o'clock and you've done nothing. Why is that? Well, broadly, there's two kinds of things that can mess up a tightly planned day. The first one is interruptions. Now, we're all familiar with interruptions, aren't we? Phone calls, messages, notifications on your device, people coming up and asking you for a minute. Oh, excuse me. Which turns into half an hour. Oh, excuse me. And so on and so on. And all sorts of other things are stopping you from doing what you plan to do. And if that's not enough, there's a second thing that spoils our carefully laid plans. Tasks taking longer than we thought. Now, actually, there is such a thing as a planning fallacy. This was proposed by Daniel Kahneman. You can listen to episode 64 if you want to find out more about fallacies and biases. But basically, the planning fallacy says that we tend to underestimate how long things will actually take in the real world. Here's an example from Archive Steve reporting from Australia. Hello, this is Archive Steve here, reporting from Australia. Now, the year is 1957, and a competition has been held to design a brand new building in Sydney as a venue for opera, ballet and lectures. The competition's been won by a Danish architect called Jorn Utzon. Now, it'll take two years to clear the site before construction can begin, and then that will take a further four years for it to build, and the budget is set at $7 million. Let's leave the celebrations and check back in a couple of years. Okay, it's 1959. The site has been cleared and construction has begun. In two years' time, we should be about halfway through it. So let's come back later and see how it's getting on. Hello, uh, it's 1961. So this Sydney Opera House is already 47 weeks behind schedule. This glorious, amazing building should have been finished in two more years, but it's not looking great. Let's come back and hopefully it'll be finished soon. It's 1966. It should be all over. In fact, it should have been finished three years ago, but it's still going. Utzon's resigned and a new architect, Peter Hall, has taken over. Let's see how he does. Okay, here we are, two years further on, 1968, a great year. The project is now five years overdue. Is it finished? No, it isn't. At this stage, we have no idea how much longer it's going to take. It's still not going to be done in the next two years, maybe not even the next four years. I'm going to hand back to you, Steve, in the future, so you can tell us what happened. Yeah, thanks, Steve, archive Steve. That's not Steve in the field, by the way. Um, you can tell because what you were saying was quite sensible. So actually, the Sydney Opera House was a four-year project. It ended up taking 14 years to build. And not only was it a decade behind the original planned date, the cost came in at $102 million. That's 15 times the original estimate. 
Now, the Sydney Opera House is a fairly well-known planning failure. Hopefully, your tasks aren't quite on the same scale. But the point is this. If you allow two minutes, say, to take the rubbish out on a Wednesday, and it takes you three, and then you add that same level of error to all of your tasks, well, pretty soon you're back in the land of not getting things done. And that's why you need a buffer zone, or Pufferzeiten. Now, according to Professor Seibert, the key is to assume that all of your tasks will take you 20% longer than you planned. And you build that into your day and assume that another 20% of your day will be stolen through social stuff and interruptions and so on. Oh, excuse me. So basically it works like this. When you're planning your working day, you block off 40% of your working day as a buffer. So for example, in an eight-hour day, that's a little over three hours buffer time. And you leave that blank. Now that sounds a lot, and it is a lot, but remember the Sydney Opera House. However you plan your day, put the buffer time in first. Now your buffer time may or may not include breaks, you decide. And then when you do get interrupted or the task takes longer because you've missed something or you're waiting for someone else, you'll still stand a chance of getting what you plan to get done, done on that day and feeling good. Would you like to feel good? And even if you do get everything done in the time you've planned for it, you've then got all this spare time to get other stuff done as well. So that's P, planning buffer time or Pufferzeiten einplanned. See, we're learning German as well. So let's recap. We've got A, activities, all written down. L, long, make a note of how long they're going to take. P, planned buffers. So we now know in any given day, we've got a five-hour window, or however long that window is in your day, to do as many of your activities as you can. And this brings us on to the E in Alpen. So in English, we're using the word established priorities. The word in German, or the words are Entscheidungen treffen, which means make decisions. That also means I had to say that four times before I pronounced it correctly. Now we know how long the tasks are because we've already identified how long each one's going to take. So it's fairly easy to decide which ones fit. But the chances are we have probably got more than five hours worth of activities. So we need to decide which ones we're going to plan for today, which ones are going to put off till tomorrow, and so on. Now, establishing priorities can be done in all sorts of ways. One method we've covered before is the Eisenhower matrix. If you want to find out more about the Eisenhower matrix, go back and listen way back to episode seven, which was called Habits and the Right Stuff. And there's lots of other methods that you can use to prioritize. There's the Ivy Lee, there's the ACE matrix. I'll put a link in the show notes with some more options. Choose whichever method you like and apply it to the task that you've got to do that day. Or if you've got too much to fit into one day, Prioritise the ones you're going to do today and plan the others for tomorrow or next week. So that's E, establish priorities. Then we get on with our day. We're motoring, we're getting the task done, we've built in buffer time, we've planned space for the tasks. It's great, isn't it? It's perfect. Everything's running like clockwork. Well, not quite. According to Helmuth von Moltke, the Elder, Chief of the Prussian General Staff in 1857, no plan survives contact with the enemy. Thanks to Eugenie for putting that phrase on my radar. 
no plan, survives contact with the enemy. So basically, Helmuth was saying that you can plan things really well, but that plan's only good enough for the start of your activity. Once you get into it, then you need to adapt. Actually, he also said something else. Want to listen? So this is, apparently, Helmuth reciting Shakespeare and Goethe in 1889. And it was recorded on a cylinder phonograph, possibly Thomas Edison's cylinder phonograph. And this is the only known recording that exists of someone who was born in the 18th century. Now that audio wasn't quite the noiseless, high-definition WAV file that you might expect from our podcast. There's probably about three people in the audience uh, that can relate to those statements. But anyway, a man's got to work with the tools that he's got, eh? And in 1889, the tools were a little bit different. So, what has that bit of audio got to do with the Alpen method? Nothing at all. But I thought it was really cool. Um, and it was said by a man who also said that no plan survives contact with the enemy. And that's good advice to consider for our daily plan. You see, we can aim to achieve our careful list of tasks with buffers, but what actually happens will vary. And that's why we need the final letter, N. So in German, N in Alpen stands for Nachkontrolle, which means follow-up inspection. In our English version, we're going to say that N stands for note. So what are we noting? We're noting our planning successes and our planning failures. What worked today? What tasks did we get right? Which ones did we complete? And importantly, which ones didn't work and why? Did we prioritise them well? What were the interruptions like? So the aim of this end-of-day review is to establish what needs to change going forward. Maybe you've got to change your time estimates. Maybe you've got to change the buffer time. Perhaps you've got to prioritise differently. So that's N, Nachkontrolle, follow-up inspection, or in our English version, note our planning successes to help tomorrow's plan work even better. So that's Alpen. Um, I've covered it in a tremendous amount of detail. It's probably quicker to actually do it than it is for me to explain it. And it does sound like a good way to actually get things done. If there's any correlation between this technique and its creator, Professor Lothar Seiver's success in helping people across Europe improve how they use their time, then it could be worth investigating. If you need help to spend more time doing the things you want to do, or if you are a serial procrastinator, try Alpen in the mornings. I'm sorry. Yes, serial procrastinator. I'm very sorry. I couldn't resist. Here's the takeaways. A. Activities. Get a list of everything you have to do in one place. Use a massive bit of paper or a device or post-it notes, whatever works for you. L. Length of time. For each item, estimate how long it will take you to complete it. P. 
plan buffer time. The guide is 40% of your work time. Half of that's for interruptions and half because things will take longer than you think. E, establish priorities. You can do this daily or weekly. Which tasks are the priority? And you can use the Eisenhower matrix to help you decide on urgence and importance. And then N, note your planning successes and failures. What worked, what didn't, adjust and adapt each day. That's Alpen. I've got two more takeaway top tips to support it. Number one, review that great big list of tasks you've got regularly from top to bottom at least once a week. Then you'll trust your system and nothing will fall between the cracks. Number two, the two-minute rule. If you're presented with something to do and it's going to take less than two minutes, don't waste time putting it on a list. Just do it there and then if you can. So if you're struggling to get things done, try Alpen. So that's it for this episode. I'm back outside in the cold with Liam. Thanks ever so much for listening. Now, I know the episodes are a bit sporadic at the moment, but uh, I've got loads on. I've got work stuff and we've decided to move house again. I think the crow's coming with us. I think that dog's coming with us. Hello. I hope you found the roundup episode that we did last time useful. I might do another one of those soon. And also, I'm thinking about doing an Ask Me Anything where you can ask me stuff and then we'll feature it in an episode. So if you want to know something, if you want to know something about us, about the podcast, about the subjects we cover, about Pepper the cat or Liam the engineer, anything really, have a think. And if you contact me on the socials or on email, if we get enough interest, we might do that. The contact details are in the show notes, of course, or on your podcatcher or on the website. Search for at sharp podcast. One word, two P's and you'll find us. Right, I think it's getting a bit cold now, so I think it's time to go back in. Have a lovely time, and we'll catch up with you next time. See you later. Bye-bye. Say bye-bye, Liam. Bye-bye, Liam. We hope that you enjoyed what you've just listened to. Have a look at the show notes for the episode. They're at sharppodcast.com, one word, two Ps. And there you'll see the links, resources that we used, and there's reminders there to help you get better at what we talked about. You know, making this podcast is a labour of love. And we genuinely do it for one reason, to help you. And we want to help as many people as we can. But to do that, we need your support. So now this is where you can help us. Firstly, you can help us in ways that don't cost you any money. You can share our episodes on social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. We are at Sharp Podcast, one word, two Ps. You could send a link to a friend or help them subscribe on their device. And another free way you can support is to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your Podcatcher app. And if you are in a position to contribute a small amount financially, you could buy me a coffee. Go to the website, sharppodcast.com, and click on the orange button, and you can buy me a coffee. You can buy me two coffees. You can do it as a one-off, or you can do it regularly. It's up to you. If you can help, it will go some way to supporting the cost of the gear, the software, and the stuff that I invest in to help you. 
So next time you make a coffee or you buy one for a friend, don't forget your friend at Sharp Podcast. Thanks for your help. It's really appreciated. Bye-bye. And just double check for me that it's going. It's gone red. Yeah, can you see the levels? Yes. How are they looking? One, it's halfway. One, two, one's halfway. Two is nothing. So my one's halfway, is it? Yes. Yeah, and the other ones are? Ooh, nothing, <laughs> it's not doing anything. That's good, because that's just picking up the general sound of that dog. Well, no, it's picking up nothing, actually. It's picking up the dog. He's going to come and say hello, isn't he? <laughs> Let's go, Liam. Let's go. Where are we going? The woods. I've got to record the outro now. So I've got to scroll all the way to the end. Just talk amongst yourselves while you're waiting. The woods. Yes. Do you like the woods? Hello, Liam. Hello, Liam. <laughs> the woods. <laughs> Sandboard. Sandboard. I'll post a picture of engineer Liam up on the website so all you can see. Great. He's the best look he's the best looking engineer I've ever had. If you're interested, I'll give you his phone number. It's 07700 143.